You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 5 and uh, Ephesians 6. And we'll be in those places at some point tonight, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Deuteronomy 5 and Ephesians 6, and don't, you don't need to stand at this point. And I'm going to do a little bit, re, bit of review from last week uh, before we uh, get into the, the newer material tonight. So Deuteronomy 5, and we'll be in Ephesians 6 as well, and uh, we'll get to that here in a, in a little bit. Last week I began a, um, a Wednesday evening series on, on parenting and uh, called the Parent Principles is what I'm calling it. And uh, parenting can seem tedious, can't it, at times. If you've ever been a parent, if you are a parent, you know sometimes we need to be attached to something bigger because it's easy to get bogged down in the details. It's pretty easy to, while you're raising your children in the middle of it, uh, to, to not really be able to see the big picture. And last week I used the illustration of a puzzle, how you sometimes, um, whenever you're, our family likes to put puzzles together, and you have to look at the big picture in order to, to, uh, to work the puzzle. You've got to see the box. You've got to see the end result. And, and, so, and that's, I believe, how we're supposed to live our Christian life, uh, in that Christ didn't give us every answer for every episode we face, Rather, he said in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And he said, On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And what he was saying is that he, he's not going to give us every scenario that we're going to face in life. And he's not going to give us every detail of every single thing we should do. It's step-by-step instruction. No, he says, if you'll remember these two commandments, love God and love other people, that will answer, folks, thousands of questions for us. It's a principle, and what he's giving is a principle and not just practices. What he's saying is, here's the, the, the puzzle box Here's the end result, and if that's what you're getting for, and you pick up a piece of the puzzle that's pink, and you need a piece that's blue, then you know that's not the one that goes there. The puzzle box, the end result, the big picture, keeps us where we're supposed to be and answers a thousand questions for us. It doesn't always work the way, I I mean, it didn't for us, but while we were raising our children, it did not always work the way the books said it would. And it kind of surprised us at first because we read in, the, in these books that if you do this to your child when they're six months old and have this training session that you'll never have to deal with this problem again. That's the way it seemed. And then suddenly we're realizing that's not how it works. I mean, we're going to have to teach the same lesson tomorrow, probably multiple times. And, and it's, it doesn't happen the way that you think it will every time. It, it's good to be driven then in those moments It's good to be driven by the puzzle box. It's good to be driven by the big idea. Otherwise, you get caught up in the details and you see what's working and what's not and you're just bogged down and you forget the whys. And we were always looking for the hows, but it's good for us as Christians to operate 
based on the whys. Last week I gave you some reasons why this material could be helpful for for anybody, even if you're not a parent. And I won't rehash all those, but I will remind you that this is good for young people because young people here, we've got a good group here tonight, it will give you, it, it will help you to understand where your parents are coming from. And sometimes young people have a tough time not being resentful of their parents because they don't see the big picture. But if you'll, if you'll listen to some of the principles that we give here on Wednesday nights, I think it will help you in your relationship with your parents. And in the end, it will help you to be a more fulfilled teenager because you see where your parents are going and maybe have a better understanding. This is also helpful for future parents because it might give you a head start. And all of us wish, there are things we wish we could go back and change. There are things that I wish I would have done different when my children were small. This could benefit grandparents and uncles and aunts and anybody that has children in their lives uh, because it will help you to reinforce maybe what their parents are teaching them. This is definitely beneficial for anyone still investing in children uh, in the children's ministry here at Eastside Baptist Church. We, we want these things to drive, these principles to drive where we see these children um, going and what we see them becoming. And for parents then, it, it, this is helpful. I, I hope it, pray it will be, be in that if, if we're open to truth, if we are willing to take a look at ourselves and be open to truth, then we will be more effective parents. The most effective parents I've ever met are the ones that were willing to be honest about themselves in regards to their children. See, parents can be the most defensive people around about their children. I'm telling you, I've seen more uh, churches have problems among each other because of children, because of this child did this or this child did this, or, or even, heaven forbid, this parent saw this child doing this and said something to this child, and now their parents are upset. You see, I mean, you've seen it, and you know how it goes. Parents can be the most defensive people. If we would just let our guard down enough to let truth invade our space, to let truth kind of uh, wake us up a little bit, it is our job to protect and nurture and guard, but we also love, and if we love, then we want what's best for our children more than our, our pride. We want what's best for our children more than our convenience. We want what's best for our children uh, more than, than what we see being the right way to raise them. We want to go back to truth. And so there are two foundational truths in raising children that we started last week. And the one is that parenting is divinely appointed. And I'm not going to go again into all that, but just let me remind you in Genesis 1, God, made, God created man and woman in his image, and at the same time, he created that family unit, he gave them responsibilities, and he said, what he, the first thing he told them was, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. But the verse before that said that he had made man and woman in his own image. So when God went to that, that first set of parents and he said, be fruitful and multiply, he was expecting them to be fruitful and multiply in his image. He said, I created you in my image. You are image bearers. You bear my image. Now go, be fruitful and multiply. And as you multiply, you'll create image bearers. And those image bearers in, in God's original plan were to help replenish and subdue the earth. That was God's plan for the earth. Now, we know that just a couple of chapters later, what happened in Genesis 3 when Satan came along in the form of a snake, a serpent, and beguiled and, and deceived Eve, and, and then Adam sinned, and, and suddenly now there's a sin nature, 
and now there's a lot more difficulty to work with, but that didn't change the original calling, folks. It did not change the fact that God wants his people, parents of children, to continue to raise image bearers. It's just harder now. There's an image that's been marred because of a sin nature, but we still bear the image of God. Not we bear the image of our parents, we also still bear the image of God. Even a lost person is created in the image of God. There's something about any man or any woman that resembles God. It's just skewed now because of that sin nature. That sin nature is marring the image. But parenting is a divinely appointed calling. Don't forget that. And sometimes it doesn't feel like it's divine. I mean, sometimes you can give a command and five minutes later they've gotten right, they've completely forgotten what you told them to do. You can tell them, okay, clean your room. I will be back in five minutes. And they're cleaning their room and you go and then come back and they haven't done anything more than what they had done right before you left. Uh, you, you, you can give, you know, around our house, and I don't mean to tell my wife too, too much, but that's a dangerous proposition. Filter? Okay, I think I'm good. Okay, so mom, my wife... My wife is an excellent monologuer. Do you know what I mean by monologuing? She's, she preaches some of the best sermons I've ever heard to my children. I call it monologuing, but you can call it whatever you want. She has great truth, I'm telling you. And I, I mean, there's altar calls and tears being shed. True change. And you, and you do that sometimes. Sometimes you just have to clear off a spot, don't you? And you have to just kind of tell your children, no, this is the way it's supposed to be. And you're over here and you need to be over here. And I'm saying, amen, amen, sister, preach that. And, and I think it's real revival. But 30 minutes later, they're right back to where they were. I mean, and you're thinking, how did, I, uh, how did they not get that message? How did that one not sink in? That was some of the best monologuing I've ever heard. And yet... They're right back to it. And those are the moments, moms and dads, those are the moments, those raising children, those are the moments when you need the big picture. Because sure, it's helpful to know how to discipline and what steps to take and how to get this and that, but we always must attach what we're doing to truth. Otherwise, we lose sight. And we, and we get so engrossed in the hows and the whats that we forget the whys. And in other words, where are you supposed to go if you want to find truth? You go to God's word. Because parenting, because it's divinely appointed, our one concern is to raise them according to God's desires and instructions. If this is divinely appointed calling, if this is part of what we're supposed to do on earth as parents, we're to raise another generation as image bearers for God, then don't you think that he, would, he gave us what we need in order to do this? I mean, Adam and Eve had one job, that was to obey God's word. If they just had simply done everything that God said, life would have been great. They just had to replenish the earth, they had to subdue it, they had to be fruitful and multiply, they had to not eat of the tree. That's it. And if they had simply followed God's word, it would have turned out well, but they didn't. They ignored it, and it did not end well. See, if our responsibility is to raise raise image bearers, God must be involved in the process. We need his word to guide us. We need his spirit to empower us. And one thing we can guarantee again, I'm going to say it again, if he called us to this, he has given us the resources to follow it through. He has not left us alone in this endeavor. 
This right here is our child rearing manual. This is where we go when we're trying to figure out what to do. And both the Old Testament and the New Testament has some very foundational passages on parenting. And I'm going to read those tonight. And hopefully we'll be referring to them as we go in other sermons as well. But Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 32. And I'm not going to provide much commentary on this tonight. We'll be looking at these more closely. But I just want to read these in case you've ever thought that God's word does not give us very clear instruction as to how we're to raise our children. Look at Deuteronomy 5, 32. It says, Ye shall observe to do therefore as the Lord your God hath commanded you. Ye shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Ye shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God hath commanded you, that ye may live and that it may be well with you, and that ye may prolong your days in the land which ye shall possess. So don't forget that promise. He's saying if you will simply follow my word and stay on the path. I was thinking about this this morning. That God's word is a path and it's a straight path. And as long as we stay on the path and we don't veer off to the right or to the left, then God walks with us. He's right there with us. And if he's not with us, it's not because he left the path, it's because we did. So what he's saying is you stay on that path, you stay on that straight path, and if you'll stay there and don't veer off to the right, don't veer off to the left, you stay right where you are, then I'm going to bless you like you can't imagine. And then guess what he says? Then he goes into parenting. And so we have to believe that the principle in Deuteronomy 5, 32 and 33 applies to what follows. Deuteronomy 6.1, now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may, may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Does that sound familiar? And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt, what? Teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gate. So, I'm not gonna, I don't want to give much commentary, but I think it's pretty clear what God sees as the, the foundation of a successful home that raises children for him. The word of God has to play a major role, not just in our time at church, or in their case, in the, t in the tabernacle, but in everyday life, not just in God's house, but in our house too. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 6. So that's the Old Testament, kind of the Old Testament go-to when it comes to teaching, a passage on teaching and and raising our children for the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6. This is probably pretty predictable. It says in verse 1. Children obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. By the way. If your children have not begun to learn verses. That's probably the first one I would make them learn. And because they can be their own judge and jury. Uh, when you're trying to deal with them about disobedience. Children obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. It, there, there it is. That says it. 
Honor thy father and thy mother, or and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Again, not much commentary, but I think it's pretty clear. They give some very clear instructions to children, and then it also gives some instruction to parents. Ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. In other words, he, just like Deuteronomy 6, God needs to be involved in your, the raising of your children. Colossians chapter 3. Turn over to Colossians chapter 3. Verses 20 and 21. This is very similar to Ephesians 6. It says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. That's a good verse for fathers right there. And listen, I, again, the, I'm not going to give commentary. We'll be looking at these at different points. But these passages reveal the importance of raising children to bear God's image as well as the mindsets that we should have in doing it. God needs to be involved in the process. If it's a divine calling, then keep God at the forefront of your family's minds and hearts. He needs to be a part of it. He needs it not just at church, but in our daily lives. See, these passages reveal the importance of that and keeping him there. One writer said this, when the other teachings of Scripture uh, are supportive of those verses, are studied and applied, every parent and every child has all the foundational information necessary for godly and harmonious family living. We have what we need to have godly and harmonious family living. The Bible is our manual. We have all that we need in Scripture to guide us in our adventure called parenting. It's a divine calling, and we cannot do this without his help, and we need to use his instruction, not our own wisdom, not our own instincts. As good as your upbringing was, it's not as good as God's word. As, as strong as your philosophy is, if it's not grounded on the truth of Scripture, it will not work like God's word. We have to believe that his way is best. And here's the hard part. Even when it seems to not be working, we have to trust and have faith that it does because he says it does. And so that's the, the first foundation is that this is a divine calling. And we must therefore, because it is a divine calling, we must include God and trust God for it. But this is the, the truth that I wanted to get to last week and did not. And that is this, that parents, you are an ambassador, not an owner. If this is God's calling and he has given us his instruction for doing this, you are an ambassador. And this is not original with me. Um, this, is, this is another author that wrote this statement when he said you're an ambassador, not an owner. But I think it's a very good way to think about parenting. See, an ambassador is officially commissioned by, uh, by someone else, their authority. They are a representative of someone else. A foreign ambassador acts on the behalf of the country that he represents. An ambassador is only supposed to speak or act in a way that faithfully represents the character and message of his leader. That's what an ambassador does. He does not go in and freely speak or act or make decisions on his own. He is simply a mouthpiece. He is simply an, a representative. And when you start to think about your role as a parent, that you are an ambassador and not an owner, it starts to change the way that you deal with your children. Because children, folks, belong to God. Look over at Psalm 127. Psalm 127. 
Children belong to God. Psalm 127 in verse 1. It says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. There's a pretty good verse for a a foundation for a godly family raising their children right. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, here we go, lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. That word heritage, here's what it means. Heritage means possession. It means property. It means inheritance. Children are God's possession. And I'm not trying to belittle them and who they are as people, but children are God's property. Children are God's inheritance. And what he's saying is that our children, children are not ours, they are God's. And therefore, that means that we are not owners, we are ambassadors. We have the responsibility, considering to whom they belong, to raise them up as he would want us to. In the nurture and admonition of the Lord, as they, they rise up and as they go to sleep at home, we are to raise them for him because they belong to him. We're, free, we're not free to raise them how we see fit or however it's convenient or in whatever way that we were raised. See, parenting is the work of an ambassador. We must see ourselves clearly in our roles. We are agents for God raising children for his glory. We are agents for God raising children for his glory. And I know, the hard part is this, it's not easy to submit. We like control. Uh, We like sovereignty. It's hard to be submissive to someone else's plan and purpose. It's hard to submit sometimes. It's hard to admit when you're wrong. But, or or when you, when someone else is the boss of you. It's hard. But listen, that's what we're called to do. We represent our Father. So we either operate as owners or ambassadors. So what does that look like? Well, Owners see their children as obstacles. Owners see their children as obstacles. See, some are tempted to view children as being obstacles to all their personal goals and plans. If you operate like an owner, then you will treat your children as an obstacle to what you want to do. They view having or raising children as something that would interfere with their life trajectory. They, they make the call... Um, They make that call by God to raise children secondary to their own personal desires. And if you don't think that's happening in our country, look around. They're not raising children for God as much as they are. If there's a child in their life or even if there's not one yet, they're viewing a child as hindering them from doing what they want to do. And that mentality is seen everywhere. And I talked about it last week, even, you know, hence abortion. Because a child is, is not something, uh, they're not viewing a child as something that God gave as a gift uh, in order to raise for his glory. They're viewing it as an obstacle to the way that they want to live. But listen, if we're ambassadors, we don't live for ourselves. We live for the one that we represent. Mankind was commanded from the very beginning to be fruitful and multiply, 
Children are not barriers. They enable, they enable us to minister to the world by revealing God's image to the world. That was God's role for children in, that, in Genesis 1. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish. Make or create or form image bearers to do the work, my purposes, in the earth. And the same thing is true today. As ambassadors, we have the responsibility uh, to, to, to raise image bearers as representatives of God to this world. Adam and Eve, were, they were going to accomplish God's plan for the earth. We are to accomplish God's plan for the earth by raising image bearers. If God's view of children, if, we're, if God's people view children as obstacles, then who is going to raise the next generation that is meant to accomplish God's purposes? Uh, look around and tell me who you see raising their children to be image bearers. Who, uh, look around and see who you see raising their children to represent God in this culture. And I don't, I don't want to make light of this, of this story, but probably many of you heard about this on Sunday. A Sunday, um, one of the most famous basketball players and the best, one of the best basketball players in the history of the NBA, Kobe Bryant, in a helicopter with with um, his daughter and eight, and seven other people, nine people total. And I mean, I, res- I, I liked Kobe Bryant's game. He was a great basketball player. I, he had some baggage in the past, but, you know, I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. And he seemed like he was trying to be a good dad and, and, and all those things. But, and, and I even read that on, on Sunday morning, they got up real early and they, they went and did a mass or did their service, church service. But you really, what, he, what he did the rest of the day, you know, where they were going, they were going to play basketball all day on Sunday. And I'm not trying to belittle uh, what Kobe, Bryant, Kobe Bryant's life, but, but you, if you read the things that he said about his daughter, what others were saying about his daughters, they were saying this is the, she's going to be the next, the next big thing. You know, she's going to represent him, and she's going to grow up, and she's going to be the basketball player to, to kind of carry the mantle for him. And apparently she was a good basketball player, and I don't, be, I don't begrudge that at all. That's fine. But on a Sunday, what were they doing? They are going to play basketball. That's the culture we live in. And you nobody's know, talking about the fact that it was that on a Sunday, it just struck me on a Sunday they were going to play basketball. And that's the culture, is that people are not raising their children to be ambassadors to bear their image. Kobe Bryant was raising his daughter to bear his image as a basketball player. And not God's image. And it's a terrible tragedy, and I hate that it happened but it's a microcosm, it's a small glimpse into the mindset of what most people in our culture are doing now, and that is that everything comes before raising a child to bear God's image. Don't buy into the viewpoint of a pagan society that says um, that, you know, we're, that we, do, we use our children um, to kind of uh, to promote ourselves, or, or, or if they don't get raised in the way that we like, then it's kind of you know, disappointing to us. You know, if they don't become all that we're supposed to be on the court or in the classroom. Listen, ambassadors view children as a way to glorify God by molding image bearers. Owners see them as obstacles or owners see them as a way to live through them. Owners see children as idols. See, some parents find their fulfillment in their children raising or in their children by replacing God with the little ones they're raising. And we joke about that, but there are people that live through their children. 
And life is all about that child or mom or dad find their sense of contentment by living for and through their children. And listen, as important as children are, they were never meant to be worshipped. Ambassadors work for the one they represent. He is first. All other relationships are secondary. And as hard as that is sometimes to think about, Jesus Christ is first. He even said, if you come after me, but you don't hate your father and your mother and your brothers and sisters in your own life also, I think it's very clear that if we lift anybody else and put them to the, in the place where God is supposed to be, that we have an imbalance in our life. No child should have to bear the pressure of a parent who finds their identity in that child. You know how much pressure that is? I mean, when our children are idols, our lives become about something other than Christ, and we find ourselves incredibly imbalanced in our parenting approach. You know, they, they call it now lawnmower parents these days, where the, it used to be helicopter parents, where, you know, they're always hovering, but now it's lawnmower parents, where the parent isn't not just hovering from a distance, now it's like the parent goes before the child and mows down every obstacle in their child's way so that life can just be easy for that child. And, and they, they don't let the child grow in their, in their just in their, in their own natural process. They're always there and they're kind of making sure that everything's about their child. But you're, you worship God. You are to live for Jesus Christ. And if you have that relationship prioritized in your life, here, here it is. If you have that relationship pri- prioritized in your life, you will be a lawnmower parent because you will put your child in a position to be, live a life that is blessed by God. And I'm not saying they won't ever have problems but if they, will be, if they will obey God, they will have his blessings like we read in Deuteronomy chapter 5. You, you talk about preparing them to live the best life they can live. If we will simply uh, live for Jesus Christ, our children will watch that relationship and they'll say, yep, for dad and mom, Christ is first. And I want to be like that. We will set them up to to be more inclined to follow in our steps if Jesus Christ is first. Not only that, we think that we have to love our children first and foremost, and they have to be first in our lives, but if you'll love Jesus Christ, you'll be able to love your children like you could never love on your own. Put him first and, and then live and emulate that life and your children will see that and they'll see the peace in your life and they'll see the joy and the fruit, bear, the fruit bearing from the Spirit and they will say, I want to be like mom and dad someday. Find your identity in the one you represent and I believe your children will more likely follow suit. Owners see their children as projects, meaning they bear the responsibility of turning that child into a successful human being. Parents can do that. And we, we look for these good markers or these markers like grades and in school and, and musical ability and, and how they socialize and, and how they perform on the court or on the field. And we assume that those are the standards for success. And I am in no way saying that those things should not be invo- we should not be involved in those things. That's not it at all. I was involved in many of those things. My children have been, been involved in those things. But that should never be the marker for a child that's being raised right if they can, if they can score a touchdown. It should not be the primary marker for me that I'm happy with my children if they're getting good grades in school. And I shouldn't just be content with my children 
if they can uh, play an offertory on the piano or if they can sing in a certain way. Uh, those are good standards and they might be markers for good kids, folks. But parenting has never simply been about achieving goals or raising good kids. The divine appointment to all parents is not goals or good kids. It's godliness. And the only way to ensure godliness is to depend on God. To transform that child through the work of the Holy Spirit and God's word. Godliness is the goal, yet it's something we can't force. We have to put them in a position where eventually they make the choice. But ambassadors know that. They parent by faith. Ambassadors parent by faith in God's instruction and they provide a pattern for their children to follow. But there comes a point that we have to allow our children to develop a walk with God on their own. We can't hold their hands their whole lives. We can't walk with them and and mow everything down in their way. No, we have to trust God to do work in their hearts. And that's why God said, so at home, talk about the Lord. Talk about scripture. At home, talk about me. At home, when they wake up, when, they, when you sit down, when you go to bed, let the, let the Bible lead your home. That's why he said, raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's why he said, Father, provoke not your children to wrath. Because that's not how God is. We want to emulate how God is to them. It, we have to trust that God's word is enough to do the work in their hearts. And it's never enough to raise good kids. We're trying to raise godly kids. This is obviously not exhaustive tonight. There are many ways that parents can operate more like an owner and less like an ambassador. But this is the thought I want you to take away. Parenting is a matter of of representation, not possession. Parent is a matter of representation, not possession. I simply represent God to my children. And you know that's a sobering thought. Because if I, if I get in my head that I am to represent God to my children, that probably will affect the, the way that I, my attitude when I get home after work. If I forget that I'm a representative of God, then I'm going to come home and I'll be frustrated about something. Or I'll just want some time and my, you know, the kids are fighting or yelling or being loud and I just want to, no, if I represent God, I'm not allowed to react like I want to react. If I represent God when they're in trouble, then I'm not allowed to discipline them any way that I see fit. I have to find what the Bible says and live according to that if I represent God. Because I don't get to choose. I'm an ambassador. If I, if I represent God to my children, then how dare I elevate the things that, that the culture is elevating right now and say those are more important for them. How dare I say, okay, your grades are the most important thing, and if you have homework to do, yeah, you can skip Wednesday night church. What I have just done is is taken off my representative hat and put on my possession hat. I'm no longer an ambassador, I'm an owner, and I'm telling them that their, their educational needs are more important than what God tells them they should be doing. So if we would change the idea that we have about ourselves... And we would view our roles differently, not as possessors, but as representatives. It would start to answer a thousand questions. Remember the puzzle, the picture of the puzzle? Remember, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and soul and mind. When we think about things that way, there's a thousand scenarios that get answered just like that. And if I view myself as an ambassador 
and not an owner, it starts to affect the way that I raise my children. It affects the way I talk to my children. It affects the way I talk to their mom. It affects the importance that church plays in our family's life. Because I don't represent me, I represent God. And therefore, his priorities have to be my priorities. Parenting is a matter of representation, not possession. Therefore, we must do it God's way. And if we do it God's way, the pressure leaves me as a parent to make my child be what I want them to be. And it's transferred to God to transform them into what he wants them to be. I'm telling you, my children are much better off in the hands of the father than they are in the hands of their father. He can do more work for them than I could ever do in my own power and willpower and strength and desire and wisdom. If I would allow God to do the transforming, let his word do the transforming, then I won't have at the end good kids, I'll have godly kids. And I'm telling you, that's where we all need to be. I obviously still have a role to play. I still, I, I have to know God's plan and, and I have to be disciplined enough to make sure it's followed and we have to be on the same page. It's going to take some blood and it, it will take some sweat and some tears and it's not going to be easy at times and I'm very often going to have to be the bad guy and I might even have to make some tough calls and there will be moments of heartache and moments of disappointment but I'm an ambassador. I represent, I don't own Therefore, I parent by faith. And if, if I believe in truth that God will be the one that transforms them, then I have to believe a verse like Proverbs 22.6, which says, train up a child in the way he, he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And then I can rest in the fact that I'm just representing the one who actually does the work in the heart of my child. See, it's divine work. It's a divine calling, and therefore, it is God's responsibility, and all I do is represent him by following his word, both in my life and in the life of my child. So let me ask you this. Have you been operating like an owner or an ambassador? Your children were given to you not as your property, but as an area of stewardship. They are God's possession. Therefore, they're God's. (laughs) And if they're God's, then I have a responsibility to raise them up for his pleasure by his instruction, for his glory, to bear his image. And it won't be easy. It, it, it often is not. We have our own way that seems right. They have their own way that seems right. We'll be tempted to think it doesn't work and it's not working. But parenting, just like giving, just like ma- taking a step out a- at work, or just like... just. Just like inviting somebody to church or increasing your missions. I mean, parenting is an act of faith. Faith that our children are better off raised his way than ours. And in the end, that's the picture on the puzzle box. God's image. And I just keep looking at that. And I trust that God will turn that child into what he wants. And I just keep that image in my mind. And it answers thousands of questions for me every day. If I represent God and I want my child to be an image bearer of God, then it'll answer my attitude, what my attitude should be. It'll answer how I speak to my wife. It will answer how I discipline them. It will answer the priorities I give them in their lives. It will answer what I value in front of them. It'll answer what we watch. It'll answer what we listen to. It's going to answer the words that I use. 
It'll answer the places that we go. It'll answer, folks, and this is a big one, it will answer what I allow them to wear. It will answer how I allow them to speak to their mom. It'll answer how I allow them to speak to me. It will answer how I allow them to speak to each other. It will answer where I allow them to go hang out with their friends or which friends to hang out with. It'll answer where I let them go to college. It will answer many, many questions. If I remember, I represent God as an ambassador and I'm raising image bearers. Let that guide your parenting. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.